Welcome to our Construction Law Back to Basics series. This series, which is the third so far, is looking at different types of dispute resolution that are available in the context of construction. And today's episode is looking in particular at the forum of arbitration. My name is Gulam Evans and I'm a senior associate at Stevens and Bolton. And today I will be discussing briefly about how arbitration is often used in the context of a construction dispute. Now, in particular, I should emphasize at the start that I'm be looking at a certain type of construction arbitration, and also I'll be focusing on domestic arbitration, which means essentially a dispute that concerns a contract for construction works taking place in the UK, and which uh, English law would be the dominant applicable law. I should also bring your attention to the fact that uh, my colleagues in our district resolution team also have another podcast series looking at arbitration in a wider context. So that's looking at uh, arbitration uh, for any commercial dispute. And in particular, that podcast is very good in that it looks at international arbitration and will take you through issues such as uh, different arbitral institutions, arbitration seats, what those terms mean, and the process and advantages and disadvantages that exist for arbitration and enforcement of arbitration decisions. But turning back to today's topic, which is specifically arbitration in the construction context. Now, having said that I'm discussing purely in the context of construction, uh, there still are some base concepts that you need to have in your mind when discussing the topic of arbitration. So starting with what is arbitration? Well, uh, best thought of as an alternative to litigation and uh, a process which the parties must have agreed to submit to either as part of their contract or after the dispute has arisen. If you haven't agreed to take part in arbitration, you can't be forced to. But if you have agreed to arbitration as usually a, a contractual term, then you can't back out of it later if one party does want to go to arbitration. And uh, the legislation in England will give force to provisions in a contract, which includes preventing a party from being able to pursue an action in the courts until they've complied with their arbitration clause. Otherwise, I would very much think of arbitration as a process that is very close to uh, or akin to the court process or normal litigation in that the decision of the arbitration tribunal is deemed to be final and binding on the party. So it's not intended to be a sort of interim decision in the same way as adjudication, but actually render a final decision which party can then, the successful party can then enforce against the other. Although the enforcement process is something that have to go through the courts to effectively convert the arbitration tribunal's decision called an award into a court judgment. That process is relatively fast and straightforward to achieve. Where arbitration does differ from litigation is firstly the need for a contractual basis. So apart from statutory arbitration, which I'm not discussing today, the rights and the obligations of the parties to arbitrate their dispute will arise from almost always a contractual agreement. And usually the actual construction agreement itself will 
say whether or not arbitration is to apply. And for many of the standard form contracts, you will have seen provisions included which stating, you know, tick the box if arbitration is to apply or not. The next distinctive characteristic of arbitration is the confidentiality aspect. Arbitration is a confidential process to which only the parties directly involved and their respective advisors and the arbitration tribunal itself will be aware of. It is not a public forum in the same way that most court cases are. Obviously, there are situations where court cases will be uh, have aspects of it confidential. But in most court cases, any documents that are filed as part of that process are available to the public. And of course, the hearing is also open to the public. That's not the case in an arbitration, which means sensitive issues can be discussed in a very open way. And anything that's discussed within the arbitration stays within the arbitration. The next aspect of arbitration is that the parties can potentially have a great deal of input and be very particular as to the tribunal who will decide the outcome of the dispute. A tribunal most commonly will be either one person or three individuals, so that you, in the event of a split decision, it's two versus one. It's possible to have as many other parties make up a tribunal, but one or three is usually the way. The reason why that's an advantage is that, especially in the context of construction, while there are certainly very good judges in the TCC in particular who are very aware of the construction industry, it means you can tailor the panel to have expertise. So if there is a particular aspect of the construction work, you can pre-select from whoever's basically available throughout the world, individuals who are particularly knowledgeable about the subject matter in question. So there, that gives a lot of comfort to parties that if um, they do end up in a dispute situation. The, the people who are going to be making the decision um, know what they're, they're talking about, and therefore that's quite a popular decision. Also, it gives opportunities along the lines of, for example, with a three-person tribunal, both parties can nominate one person with a third party, maybe is a neutral nomination by tribunal organization. And while I would direct you to the podcast of, of my colleagues and via link on the website, there are also bodies that provide and recommend arbitrators. And so if you can't agree on who's to be your arbitrator, you might go to a nominating body who will then appoint someone to be your arbitrator. The next aspect, which is distinct feature of arbitration as opposed to litigation, is that the procedure is one which the parties can again have a great deal of control over. So unlike the court system where effectively once the case is begun, yes, there are various rules and, and well-trod procedures to follow, you're effectively in the hands of the judge who decides what's going to take place and how. And there are various rules set out which the, the court will implement. The procedure in arbitration is much more flexible. And so the parties might say and decide amongst themselves what procedure the tribunal is to follow. Or they might say, for this arbitration, we, the parties, have agreed at the beginning of contract or point where they decide to embark on the arbitration that these are the set of rules that we will follow. And therefore, you can do things such as dictate how quickly the process is to take. So you could say, we want a tribunal which is going to render a decision in six months' time, maybe even faster, three months' time, say, and we want it to be done on the papers only, 
We don't want there to be any cross-examination of witnesses. Uh, we only want one expert each. And uh, you, the tribunal, uh, make a decision as quickly as you consider you can within those parameters. And then there's a whole wide range going from processes which take years and have multiple hearings to ones that are very fast, almost akin to adjudication. There's a great deal of scope to try and pick the procedure that's best. Now, that involves a certain amount of sensible behavior by both parties. One party might say, I want a decision in a month. And the other party says, you know, I want, I want to spend a year on this because I want to make sure it's the right outcome. There is an element of proportionality. But in theory, you can pick the right tools for the job. And the last distinctive characteristic that I want to uh, highlight of arbitration is that it is actually very popular in context of international disputes or even if it's not a, an international contract per se, if there are parties in different parts of the world and there is some concern as to where the decision should be heard, which law should apply and which parties should decide upon it, the arbitration gives a great deal of flexibility for appointing your tribunal. And also it is recognized in many states across the world that an arbitration agreement will be enforced. There are multiple uh, unilateral treaties and, and various legislations across many countries that recognize arbitration. Too many to cover in this podcast, but it is often seen as popular because of that ease or perceived ease of enforcement in other countries. But as I said at the outset, today we're focused on domestic arbitration and in particular uh, construction type of disputes. So moving now on, to some of the advantages of arbitration from a construction point of view. So the first thing I want to mention here is one of the, I would say, recommended arbitration tools to use are what are called the SIMAR rules. And you will often see these referred to if you are familiar with a JCT contract. They sort of developed hand in hand with the JCT suite of contract. So what do I mean by SIMAR? That stands for the Construction Industry Model Arbitration Rules, or just the rules. And um, these are published by the Society of Construction Arbitrators and the Joint Contracts Tribunal. ACT. These came out in 2005 originally. They've obviously been updated several times since, most recently being in 2016, and highly likely they'll be updated again, probably in line with updates to uh, general arbitration statutes in, the, in England and Wales. Now, why do I like the SIMAR rules? Well, I think they have within them a great deal of flexibility. If you ever cast your eyes over them, you'll see that within them, they have a multiple options in terms of types of disputes and in particular how those disputes are to be run from very quick, almost adjudication type uh, decisions through to something which would be uh, more reminiscent of a full trial with witnesses, uh, experts, etc. But because they're such comprehensive rules, the parties can pick what they like and authorize their tribunal to make decisions on their behalf as well, which leads to very um, tailored, as I mentioned at the beginning, processes that will suit the nature of the dispute, the needs of the parties to resolve the dispute as quickly as possible and achieve a fair outcome with a relative proportionality of costs because you might not need the full costs of a trial. 
And while arbitration is something that you pay for, i.e. you are paying for your tribunal's time, this isn't the same situation as where to go to the court. And yes, you pay a fee, but effectively the state is subsidizing the cost of the court judge's time, etc. You are controlling, in effect, the fees of the arbitrator, and therefore you can dictate to a certain extent what process you want and how long you want them to spend on it. So while it's not guaranteed to be cheaper or more expensive for that matter, it probably works out as the same, you can at least pick the JCT and the CIMAR rules, which process you think is going to be appropriate for your needs. But once you have done that, the CIMAR rules are very prescriptive in what processes has to follow. It has some flexibility within it, giving the tribunal authorization to make some decisions. But ultimately, you will have a timescale within that by which you know a decision will be rendered. And then whatever that decision is, again, it's actually called an award. Once you have that award, the other party will usually pay it. But if they don't, you can then enforce it. So I think it provides a great deal of flexibility and a halfway house between what I would say are adjudication on the one hand, which is your rough and ready, quick, but only an interim decision, through to a court case, which is, you know, that's uh, that's everything thrown in. That's the maximum, the most time uh, you will probably have spent on it. Um, so an arbitration may certainly be as much as, uh, in terms of cost uh, of a court case, it probably won't be more than what you would have spent in a court case anyway. So if you want something that's in between, arbitration might be the right venue for you. So to be a little bit more specific, I'll very quickly list off the types of procedure that are available under the CIMAR rules. And they include a short hearing procedure where both parties will effectively put forward a statement of case with supporting evidence, be that witness or expert evidence. The arbitrator, arbitrators, if there's multiple, will probably either convene only a short hearing or no hearing and probably ask to do an inspection if the nature of the uh, dispute is something to do with uh, uh, the quality of the works, for example, or whether something is compliant with the contract requirements and then render their decision. So this is very good for um, disputes as to whether a relevant work or materials or machinery are compliant with the underlying contract. So something where the arbitrator makes effectively decisions saying it is or it is not. And there the timetable is is usually, again, there's some flexibility built in, but usually you're looking at a decision being made within a month of the end of the vision of evidence and of the site inspection. So relatively quick process, uh, somewhat akin to uh, adjudication in that regard. The next process is called the Rule 8 procedure, somewhat similar to what I just described. The main difference there is there's less emphasis on inspection by the arbitrator and more so on the documents provided by the party. So rather than one exchange of statements, there may be two rounds, possibly even more, depending on the requirements. But the arbitrator is more likely to have a round of questions based on the documents provided to them, which they will ask the parties prior to making their decision. But again, it's deemed a, a relatively short procedure overall with uh, an award basically to be provided within a month of the final step being completed, but potentially a process which is done on the papers only and no need for any uh, uh, evidence in chief or in person. 
And then lastly, the Rule 9 procedure, this is almost, uh, I would say, akin to your court case where it, there will almost certainly be a full hearing with evidence uh, given in person, possibly allowance for cross-examination, um, and also um, likely to be an appropriate forum where there are experts on both sides who the other wants to cross-examine. So takeaway points that I would highly recommend when considering arbitration. Well, firstly, even if you're not interested in arbitration, you prefer the other dispute resolution options available to you, you must check that you are not bound because of the terms of your contract to the arbitration process because you don't want to uh, put all your efforts into perhaps you know, preparing for a litigation only to then find that you are prevented from doing so because of the existence of an arbitration clause. That being said, there has been a question before the courts before as to whether an arbitration clause prevents a party from adjudicating. And the current consensus is no, it doesn't, because uh, adjudication, A, is a power in, in um, or process, I should say, in, in England and Wales, which is guaranteed by statute. And more importantly, adjudication is deemed as a interim solution. It gives an interim decision for the parties, while as arbitration, much like litigation, is deemed uh, to be the sort of uh, final answer to the to the dispute in question. So uh, an arbitration is not seen to be an interim placeholder decision in the same way that adjudication is. So firstly, you know, you need to check that you shouldn't or you're not bound to do arbitration to begin with. And then if you are bound to do an arbitration and you want to, or you've you've been served uh, an arbitration notice by uh, the other side, or you decide actually you want to propose arbitration as the uh, means of dispute resolution to the other side who are agreeable to uh, pursuing that, then you just need to give some thought to the process of commencing an arbitration, certain notices. This is often the way notices have to be issued to start the process. You have to appoint your arbitration tribunal. You have to select them if you haven't pre-selected them. You then have to appoint them. They will almost certainly want to uh, ensure there is clarity as to the extent of their jurisdiction, because one of the only few dangers of uh, an arbitration decision is that when you come to enforcement, you find you can't because uh, there was something wrong in establishing the jurisdiction of the arbitration tribunal, or there's a perception, um, which would be a question for the courts, that the process itself wasn't a fair and just one. So you do want to make sure that um, your arbitration uh, tribunal is properly appointed at the outset so that there's no question later on that the award that's rendered is going to be um, enforceable. And the last thing to be wary of is even if you think you have uh, an arbitration clause and that it's quite clear who the tribunal is going to be and it's quite clear what the remits, i.e. what the extent of their powers are, um, because of the uh, you've you've uh, set those out in your contract, you must be aware that there is statute in England and Wales dealing with arbitration, which does potentially cut across or grant powers to the arbitrator, regardless of what you the parties have selected. Now, again, this is why. I'm a big fan of the CIMAR rules because they are very much compliant with the Arbitration Act. So you know if you're applying the CIMAR rules, you're not going to go uh, off piste, as it were. But uh, you do need to check at all stages that everything you are doing 
is within the bounds of what's uh, allowed for and going to be enforced by the statutes, because fundamentally that's what you're going to rely upon if at the end of the process you've got an award, you've won, brilliant, you've got everything you wanted, and the arbitrators have said the other side must pay your costs. You then don't want to find that when you come to enforce it, the court says there's a problem with this uh, with this award. Um, so you do want to check each of those stages. So that is a very quick canter through arbitration and arbitration in the context of construction, by which I mean I've tried to highlight there some of the potential advantages in the context of construction, which in my view are predominantly to do with the control it gives to the parties over who forms the tribunal, so who are going to be the decision makers, because you may want the ministry experts on that panel, not just um, people who have legal knowledge. There are people who are multidisciplined, so they know both the law and uh, areas of uh, construction best practice. And also you have the flexibility of um, the process. Uh, to a certain extent, you can pick one that you think is going to get the right decision or have the best chance of getting the right decision within a uh, reliable time frame and for a reliable cost. And then lastly, there is, let's not forget, the confidentiality aspects. So potentially embarrassing elements of the works can be uh, resolved uh, relatively quickly and without any reputational damage, assuming the uh, uh, the award is, is reached and then the parties honor the award. So thank you for your time and for listening this long. Um, if you have any questions about arbitration, you want to know whether it, you have a binding arbitration clause or you think you want to use arbitration to resolve a dispute that you have, by all means, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you are interested in arbitration in an international aspect or in relation to a non-construction dispute, I highly recommend you listen to the podcast of my colleagues, which once again, there will be a link uh, on the website. Thanks very much. 